Shalom for Lava. This is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susanna Suisuiki. E hariaki nei. It shouldn't be based on ethnicity. It should be based on need. Immigration and health are thorny issues for Pacifica in our New Zealand election debate. Also, pride in our performance. That's what we've always wanted to put out on the field. Tonga's hopes for the Rugby World Cup quarterfinals are dashed. And later, scientists have warned of imminent and more frequent and many more extreme weather events. Pacific leaders continue to call for climate action in New York. Pacific candidates from Labour, National Act and the Greens locked horns over immigration, health, education and crime. Spokespeople from the four parties debated the issues during an RNZ Pacific and Pacific Media Network election debate. Our election 2023 Pacific Issues reporter Lydia Lewis has more. Tension. Pacific I think we need to be a bit more um, honest around that as well. We've got I have be, been honest, well, these Tears. The one that upsets me the most is 14.2% of our year eight students, this was tested in 2022, reach the minimum curriculum for maths. And the general number was actually 41.5. And big promises, one from a party that had the power to make changes just a few weeks ago. You have to think about everything that has been expected of Immigration New Zealand in the last couple of years and the immense pressure that they have been under. The Dawn Raid's apology was two years ago and now Labour's Pacific spokesperson Carmel Sepuloni says it can implement an amnesty in 100 days if re-elected. The Greens' Tiano Tuiono is baffled as to why they didn't roll it out when they had the chance. An amnesty for overstays is more than timely, it's late. Both Act and National do not support an amnesty. When it came to health, the eye rolls started. Act's Karen Chaw was adamant on one thing. It shouldn't be based on ethnicity, it should be based on need. The Greens don't agree with that one. If you've got bi-Pacific, poor for Pacific uh, health providers, that's good for our people because some of our people, they won't go down there if that person doesn't speak their language. And Nationals for Noti Agnes Loheni dug herself into a bit of a hole. We don't, but we don't disagree on outreach. That's no. different. In fact, we support a lot of outreach going into the community. Is that not race-based policies? It's not, it's not race-based policies if you want to do outreach. Ms Sepuloni was not having a bar of it. This is probably the thing I've been most disappointed about the whole way through this campaign is the attack on simple equity measures like this. Um, This is not about uh, giving Māori and Pacific any advantage because we are disadvantaged given our health outcomes and our lack of access to the health system. And then there's crime, where there was plenty of disagreement where Nationals' boot camps policy was discussed. We do have policies around military academies where they are going to have wraparound support. No, they they do work. There'll be wraparound support, there'll be coaches in the community. You cannot put them back into the same environment Mm. where they haven't learnt anything. You're not giving that 10-year-old, 12-year-old a chance to change their life around before they they get to the... No, that's that's incorrect. But anyway... While the parties disagreed on most things, something they couldn't argue with was the stats. One of the drivers of poor health is housing conditions. 40% of our Pacific people live in overcrowded homes. 
One in 10 Pacific children live in damp and mouldy homes where they are 80 times more likely to develop acute rheumatic fever, which can lead to heart disease and death. ACT wants to make building homes easier. And you talk to some community organisations and they may have the funding, they may be able to actually build those homes, but the, actually getting the consent process and going through all that rigmarole can actually take longer than building the homes. The Greens want more support for renters. It's like mushrooms growing on the floor, broken windows, all of, this, rent, all, of this, all of this kind of carry on. It's not acceptable. With all parties claiming they have the answers, it's now up to the more than 8% of Pacifica voters who contribute around $8 billion to the country each year to decide for themselves. Meanwhile, immigration lawyer Suane Foliaki, who's been speaking out about donor tactics, told Lydia Lewis he's extremely disappointed Labour did not announce an amnesty before the election. Figures released to RNZ Pacific show dawn raids have been going on for at least eight years, even in the year of the apology. One of Suane Foliaki's clients had police knock on his door in the early hours of the morning, scaring his family before taking him into custody. What was your reaction when you found out at the weekend Labour's amnesty announcement? Oh, look, you know, you've got to uh, acknowledge the good things that comes your way. In this uh, business of granting residence to a lot of our people uh, that's been here 10 years and more, uh, that was, that, 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 that's OK. But, you know, the, the last, uh, it was called the Transitional Provisions, was back in the year 2000, and that was by, I think it was the national government at that time, and it was a, a, a case of, uh, if you had lived here for five years, that was a well-settled policy. They said, you've been here long enough, your ties to the community and your contribution and vice versa and so forth was sufficient for you to be able to apply uh, for residence, two, two years work visa and then for residence. The, the problem that I've got with what Labour has done here is that they've done something, it's not enough. But it's the timing is they've decided to do this now at the election if they get voted back in. If they really had the best interest of the Pacific people in mind, they would have made these changes three months ago, six months ago. Then we're not sort of uh, being, uh, looks like they were, were bribed or forced to, to go and vote for Labour uh, just in case uh, they get in to, 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 you know, to Parliament, they're going to be the government then we're going to get these goodies. But like, what happens? Yeah, if they don't get elected in, it's meaningless. And they could have been done earlier. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really, to be honest, I'm not happy. Labour's Kamal Sepuloni told us today at our election debate that the reason why it was not implemented while they were in government because they simply did not have enough time and there was a backlog um, and they just didn't have enough time between that immigration review and the election. Do you buy that? Uh, not at all. Look, we had uh, 10,000 signatories for this to happen, I think it was about two years ago. There was Some of our friends had uh, organised for that to happen. Um, there was time. Um, so what would have happened if there was no dawn raid issue? That was my client that the dawn raid story broke on that issue. Does that mean that without the dawn raid, we, w- we would have had time to make these changes? I don't really accept that that's acceptable, really. And the issue of the 10 years, 
what do you think about the 10 years? Previously in the 2000 amnesty, it was five yep. years. That's right. The 10-year policy is far, far too long. What about those people who uh, have been in overstay for nine years, eight years, seven years? You know, they've had children born here. They've been working. They're paying taxes. They're just unlawfully in the country. You know, you don't need to be here 10 years to be well settled and be part uh, of the fabric of this society in New Zealand and do good and be a contributing uh, migrant. You know, the five years was, I thought that was very reasonable that was given out, uh, you know, in the year 2000. That's 23 years. Nothing has been given by either government. Do you have any, any indication as to why it is 10 years? No, I haven't got any indication. I don't know why. I don't agree with it. I, I think it's it's it's, uh, it's not. Uh, it's a very. I think it's quite a bad mistake. You know, they should have. I don't even know what sort of reasoning or the rationale behind that. But uh, it's far too. It's excessive that, that time frame to consider somebody uh, to be granted residence because it's. You know, it has to be ten years. The year that long. Um, it, it, I suppose it could have some relevance to the 2006 law change that prevented uh, no longer that uh, uh, children of overstays can uh, would become New Zealand citizens. Because now those children are around about 18 years of age. <clears throat> so all those children are overstays born in New Zealand. They're not talking of Samoan, they're Kiwis. And um, now they're 18 years old. They have to move to that next chapter of their life. They finish high school, which they were allowed to attend through the Ministry of Education, uh, uh, you know, policy there. But now they're either going to be in the work, looking for work, or they're going to study and try and do tertiary education. Without this change that the Labour has uh, said 10 years, uh, they wouldn't be able to, to do that. But they can under the 10 years. I'm not sure whether that number was locked into the children that were born here that weren't included to become, um, you know, that won't uh, become um, residents. But, you know, if you've been here for nine years and you're born in New Zealand, you're still an overseas. Tonga's Ikalitahi team at the Rugby World Cup took another devastating blow on Monday morning after Scotland thrashed them 45-17 to in a Pool B match. Scotland scored seven tries to two and finished the game with a bonus point keeping their hopes of a quarter-final spot alive. Elisa Tora is a niece. The loss means Tonga is out of contention and will now have to play for pride against defending champions South Africa and Romania in their remaining pool matches. Tote Kefu says he was disappointed with the missed opportunities but believes his side made some good defensive displays. Pride in our performance, that's, that's what we've always um, wanted to put out on the field and, and we wanted to put a performance that not only us, but family and the country was proud of. And um, I think the boys did that in largely. Again, probably we let in a lot of easy tries, um, but there were some really good defensive efforts where the boys were absolutely on song. Kefu says they will face a new challenge in South Africa, but they will keep improving. I think we're tracking the right way. Uh, we'll take each game as it comes. We always have said that. Uh, South Africa is a massive challenge. You don't get to play the Springboks often. So the boys will be up for that. There's no doubt about it. Um, but we'll just keep punching away and, and, and keep doing our best. Captain Ben Tamefuna said they will need to up their game against South Africa next week. Bit of mix, mixed emotion, sort of feeling. The boys played with their hearts out there. Um, I know the score doesn't reflect how much effort we put in to this week. 
Like I said to the other guys, it's, um, you can't afford to give easy penalties like that to the team like Scotland with the amount of um, strike power they have in the backs there. Um, and they just capitalised on it. Obviously against South Africa, um, you know, we can't afford to give them like easy Tamefuna says despite limited resources, the players have kept on working hard, representing Tonga with pride and no complaints. Been the same for years, you know, and that's what I love about this group. You know, we get hit with these things off field, but we still play together. We, we put our best foot forward with what we have. The boys never tend to complain or, or do any of that. You know, you just head down and just keep moving forward because we can't let, try and let those things affect us. Um, off the field. Meanwhile, Manu Samoa lost on Friday night in St. Etienne, going down 19-10. Head coach Vavasa Manaya Silala Mapusua says they did not nail some of their chances in the game. He says they created a few opportunities, which was pleasing to see, and if they had finished off a couple of those, it would have been a different game. Vavasa Manaya said at this level, you've got to nail your chances when you get them. Tonga now prepares to face South Africa, while Manu Samoa tackles England this coming weekend. Leaders from around the world are expected to deliver their final speeches at the 78th session of the UN General Assembly in New York tomorrow. As expected, the climate crisis remains the biggest concern of Pacific Island leaders. However, other concerns have also been raised. Finau Funua has more. In all of their speeches, Pacific leaders called on the world to address the climate crisis. It's become an old and all-too-familiar plea delivered at every annual UN General Assembly session over the last two decades. In her address yesterday, Samoa's Prime Minister Fiame Naomi Mata'afa reminded delegates about the multiple and unprecedented natural disaster events that have occurred over the last year. Disasters such as the recent wildfires that ravaged Maui and Hawaii or the heat waves in Europe and floodings in India. Fiami says the scientists are only predicting it'll get much worse. We will continually face these ever-worsening disasters if we continue to deny addressing their root causes. Scientists have warned of imminent and more frequent and many more extreme weather events, resulting in more lives lost and costlier, less resilient infrastructure. There's a sense of frustration among many on the failure and lackluster of UN member states to meet fossil fuel reduction pledges and other development goals. Fiji's Prime Minister Sitiveni Rambuka cited geopolitical rivalry as one of the main culprits for countries not fulfilling their promises. Rambuka didn't mention names, but described geopolitical rivalries as self-centered. Our collective effort is necessary to address enormous challenges and reduce the risk associated with the unpredictable environment that we face today. Instead of leveraging global cooperation to manage our shared challenges and associated risks, growing geopolitical rivalry is escalating these tensions. 
Tonga's Prime Minister Huakawa Meiliku Siasi Sovaleni also expressed his concern over the disruptions caused by international conflicts and geopolitical tensions. Aside from the climate crisis, Huakawa Meiliku said in his address that many problems faced in countries such as transnational crime required a multilateral approach. There's been a substantial surge in trafficking and utilization of unlawful narcotics and cross-border criminal activities, disinformation and cybercrime. Many of these are borderless challenges concerning us all and calling for cooperation. The increasing geopolitical mistrust and conflicts are worrisome, particularly given the pressing need for multilateral action. Other concerns expressed by Pacific countries included Japan's controversial decision to release nuclear wastewater into the Pacific Ocean. Although most Pacific governments have agreed with an international nuclear agency assessment that found the release to be safe, it's an issue that continues to upset a number of Pacific leaders. One of them, Kiribati President Taneti Mamao, said past agreements and conventions needed to be upheld. We must recall our commitments under our UN Charter to build a safe, peaceful and secure home for our peoples, individually as sovereign nations and collectively as members of the United Nations. In Kiribati, we strongly believe that this is deeply threatened and undermined by the continued existence of nuclear weapons, the discharge of nuclear-treated water, and the leakage of radioactive materials into the blue Pacific Ocean. In the lead-up to the 78th session, UN General Secretary Antonio Guterres said the international financial system had to evolve in order to ensure the economic recovery of developing countries didn't buckle under the weight of debt and overborrowing. This call was backed up by Papua New Guinea's Deputy Prime Minister John Russell. He said flaws in international financing compromised the economic recovery of developing nations. It is not enough to demand countries to fix their domestic systems to support their development financing. It is also crucial that we must effectively and urgently address the existing shortcomings of the international financial system that continue to be a bane to the financing for development needs of developing countries like my own. Onga 78 concludes on September 26. The autonomous Bougainville government is seeking an urgent meeting with the Papua New Guinea government over Port Moresby's plans for the tabling of its referendum on independence. Bougainville had earlier expressed its concern that the referendum, which was overwhelmingly in favour of independence, would face an absolute vote from MPs rather than a simple vote. Now Bougainville is worried that the PNG government wants to spread the debates over the referendum to at least two sessions of Parliament, which the Bougainville minister who heads the independence mission implementation, Ezekiel Massat, fears will allow the debate to go on forever. Mr Massat spoke with Don Wiseman. We call for a urgent JSB purely for purposes of uh, agreeing on, first of all, there being a dispute, and secondly, to formally agree on a mediator or mediators. 
Uh, I still don't have the dates. That's that's a matter the uh, administration is working on. So you want the PNG government to formally admit that there is a significant dispute here? I can't see how they would not agree to there being a dispute. The uh, last session that I had with uh, my colleague minister, Minister for Bougainville Affairs, we were not able to progress the issues that JSB had directed the two of us to resolve. Consequently, as per the uh, JSB directive, the next step is to have the mediators come in. At the crux of this is that Minister Makiba declared in Parliament uh, in the middle of the year that any vote on the tabling of the referendum would require an absolute majority vote in the PNG Parliament, which you've, I think, described as absurd and not necessary. It's not a constitutional matter at that point. That's correct. That in itself is not the reason for the dispute. The more worrying points of contention is the insistence by the national government that there be not less than two sittings for the debates on the national parliament floor. Now, having agreed in Wabeg and having agreed at the Erakoni covenant that this would be the year for ratification, if we were to agree to not less than two sittings, then we might as well have three sittings, we might have four, we might have ten, and that goes beyond the uh, agreed 2023 being the year for the ratification. The PNG parliament is going to sit twice more this year, isn't it? It will have two more sessions. At least. Yes, at least. I've made it clear to the national government that if we were to have one sitting this year, given that the December sitting would be the budget session, I was insisting on the two sittings because uh, we had already agreed in Wabeg and Erakoni that 2023 would be the year for ratification. If I were to agree to uh, more than two, that would mean the matter could be on the floor of the national parliament for forever. I was insisting that if we had one sitting this year, given that uh, the other sitting would be purely for a budget session for the national parliament, I could sufficiently convince the Bougainville government and the Bougainville people that uh, we could have the other sittings in the first quarter of next year. And I think we would be comfortable with that. But the national government had insisted they wanted not less than two sittings. And uh, our argument that 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 would uh, leave us uh, in, a, in a position where we can't agree. Another contentious issue that came up, the national government was proposing a secret ballot on ratification. And we are saying, no, it, it, it must not be secret. The people of Bougainville voted in our members to go and argue the independence case on the floor of the national parliament. We would love to see our members stand up and argue and vote uh, in public and in a transparent fashion rather than hiding behind a secret ballot vote. That's Pacific Ways for today. To listen back, head over to rndi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, till Fast Week 4.